Hey, I'm Kenny Price, host of Guat.Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. This is Season 16, Episode 346, title, Tourniquet, Please. Tourniquet, Please. Subtitle, The West Coast is Hemorrhaging. A tourniquet is a device that is used to apply pressure to a limb or extremity to stop the blood flow through a vein or artery typically by compressing a limb with a cord or a tight bandage. Years ago, I had surgery on my left wrist to remove a large ganglion cyst. I requested to be alert for the procedure. I did not want to be put fully asleep, so the anesthesiologist gave me a local nerve block in my arm and then gave me some basic anesthesia that was supposed to put me in a relaxed dream state, but fully breathing on my own. I have a strong tolerance for pain medication so I was fully alert and aware of all that was going on. As the two doctors worked on me, the orthopedic doctor and the anesthesiologist, I asked them where they went to college and talked about general things, small talk. At one point, I told them I didn't see how they could constantly work around so much blood. In unison, they exclaimed, and I hate to use that word, it sounds cliche, but they really did exclaim loudly. They said, blood? Then the surgeon said, there's no blood here where we're working. Blood is a bad thing. If there's blood, there's something wrong. Then the anesthesiologist said, we placed a tourniquet on your arm once it was deadened. That's what's restricting the blood flow to your arm. I asked, I have a tourniquet on? He said, yes. With the sedation in your arm, you really can't feel it. At that moment, I became aware of the tourniquet. It was crushing my arm. The surgeon then asked me if I was squeamish about things. I said, no. He said, if you hold your breath and promise not to breathe over here, I'll pull the dividing cloth down and you can see your wrist opened and see that there's no blood. I said, cool. He pulled the cloth down and there was my wrist opened up, nice and clean, no blood. The doctor showed me the ganglion cyst. He said it was an unusual cyst in the fact that it was trilobed. He had almost finished cutting it out of my wrist, but the tourniquet was very painful and dangerous if not administered properly. They said that they could go for a certain period of time with a blood flow restricted like that, Then, if the surgery had to be extended past that time, they would have to suture the wound closed, remove the tourniquet, let the blood flow for a time, then reapply the tourniquet. My friend, the West Coast of the United States of America is spiritually hemorrhaging, and if a tourniquet is not applied soon, the judgment of Almighty God is going to fall in some catastrophic way on that region first. If America does not repent as a whole and back away from the precipice on which we are dancing dangerously close, God is going to let us fall off into the abyss. It seems inconceivable that our nation could cease to exist in our lifetime. But my friend, I want to remind you that all of the great empires throughout history came to an end. No one could conceive of the fall of the Egyptian Empire the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, the Ottoman Empire, but they came to a point and collapsed. California, the leader of the pack dragging the rest of the nation over the edge of the abyss, is passing revolutionary bills at breakneck speed. This year, lawmakers approved legislation that would decriminalize certain plant and mushroom-based psychedelics. SB 58 provides a framework for Californians over 21 years old to use psilocybin, psilocin, DMT, and mescaline. It blames it on veterans. Veterans were among the voices in support of the measure, saying that these psychedelics provide critical relief to those suffering certain health conditions, including PTSD. 
If Newsom signs the bill, which it's assumed he will, of course, if he signs SB 58, California will join Oregon and Colorado, which have adopted similar laws. Notice how the deceivers couch their bill as they turn their state over to further debauchery and collapse. The bill that is waiting for Newsom's signature decriminalizes these hallucinogenic drugs. That is a cloaked way of saying they legalized the drugs without legalizing the drugs. Decriminalization means it would remain illegal, but the legal system would not prosecute a person for the act. What a farce. The penalties would range from no penalties at all to a civil fine. This can be contrasted with legalization, which is the process of removing all legal prohibitions against the act. The reason why they didn't actually legalize the drugs is because they are still against federal law. And I say that lightly because what does that mean? The federal law is not being imposed as I speak, but the repetitive pattern we are seeing used to take our nation down the sordid, sad state of full legalization of all drugs. And I remind you, just as former president of Mexico, Vincente Fox, predicted just a few years ago, is the purposefully ignoring of the laws on the federal books. The laws on the books now say that possessing more than 100 to 999 marijuana plants is still a major felony on the books punishable by 5 to 40 years in the federal penitentiary, and 1,000 plants or more is punishable by 10 years to life in the penitentiary. As I speak these words, check it out, my friend. Go to the internet and look this up for yourself. There are major marijuana farms that are popping up everywhere. It is insane. The wiki article on the legal status of psilocybin mushrooms reports, but let me back up before I go further. Psilocybin mushrooms, they call them the magic mushrooms. I mean, think about this, my friend, what we're wanting to turn our people's minds over to, to go into an altered state of being. The wiki article reports that in 2020 alone, Oregon and the District of Columbia both decriminalized psilocybin mushrooms. Ibogaine, and I can't even pronounce this, dimeth dimethyltryptamine, I guess you say dimethyltryptamine, NNDMT. And my friend, keep in mind, these are the rage drugs that people use in these discotheques and dance halls. A DMT and the psilocybin mushrooms and all of this garbage. And mescaline. I, I Think about this. The legalization of mescaline by similar measures as the already in place bills for the possession and gifting of marijuana products. So here we have the heart of the federal government. Our nation's capital is in the District of Columbia, Washington, D.C. And there, my friend, at the very heart of our legislatures is one of the first places that decriminalized psilocybin mushrooms, ibogaine, DMT, and mescaline. My friend, let this sink in. I hope you can tell by the sound of my voice that this puts me into a very intense state. It is beyond mental comprehension. In 2022, the Canadian province of Alberta announced it would be among the first to regulate and allow the use of psilocybin, LSD, MDMA, mescaline, ketamine, and DMT for medical purposes in drug-assisted psychotherapy. And as I remind you, as I said in an earlier podcast, that the way that these thugs are coming in the back door is through the universities to where now they're doing studies again to the legal advantage and the, the medical advantage of using such horrible chemicals like lysergic acid diethylamide, LSD. They're turning us over, my friend, and they're doing it in the name of science. They're doing it in the name of medicine. They're doing it in the name of compassion, and they're doing it in the name of a law. 
In 2022, Colorado became the second U.S. state to legalize psilocybin mushrooms. Now California will be the third. At the same time, California continues to legalize more and more drugs. They passed a law this year that under the guise of mental health reform, a bill that is a major overhaul, as they called it, of California's Mental Health Services Act, which was first implemented in 2004, and it's funded by a 1% income tax over $1 million. The reforms would allow, get this, the reforms would allow counties to provide treatment for substance abuse disorders and emphasize housing to stabilize patients. It would require county providers to spend roughly 30% of their budgets on housing or rent subsidies for their patients. Let that sink in. At the same time, they're just tearing apart at the seams regarding the control and the restriction of these harmful chemicals that people are putting into their bodies at the same time then imposing this this mandatory effort on the part of the medical facilities and the medical industry to provide housing and renter assistance to the people that become addicted to these drugs. As a part of the package, voters will have the opportunity to weigh in on a $6.4 billion bond to build infrastructure for 10,000 new behavioral health treatment slots, and that's the term they use, across the state. Under AB 531, the bond will go before voters in March 2024. My friend, this is pure insanity to give people open access to the drugs that are taking them down into destitution and homelessness, then providing for their housing. It is wicked and evil. These things being done under the label of human compassion and action is an outpouring of demonic wickedness that will, if a tourniquet is not applied soon, will result in the absolute destruction of the United States as a nation. I am not being overdramatic, my friend, and I am not speaking hyperbolically. This hemorrhaging brought about by the catastrophic wounds happening to our culture at the hands of the lawmakers is unsustainable and will not continue to support life as we know it. I should say as we used to know it because as I type these words, our life now is not anything close to the life I remember prior to the farce of Y2K, followed up by the revolutionary change brought to our nation on 9-11. Since the turn of this century, our nation has been under constant radical cultural assault, and the bad guys are winning. My friend, we have to be honest about this. The bad guys are winning, and they're winning big. Foundational wins with catastrophic impact for the destruction of America the Beautiful. The song needs to be rewritten to tell the truth. We are now America the Ugly. Some of you who are listening to this podcast may be put off by my assessment and angered, questioning why I need to spend time focusing on these issues. Like I want to dampen your day and squash your future. My friend, I'm not the one causing the squashing of your future or the future of your children. I'm merely the messenger of God ringing the bell in the way God has given me to engage the culture as one man, to ring the bell and proclaim impending disaster and irrecoverable failure is on our horizon. It's sure not what I want for me and my wife, my children, or grandchildren. I desperately want a reprieve from this hemorrhaging. I'm crying out to God to give us the tourniquet to stop the bleeding. The tourniquet is not the healing surgery. It's a stopgap measure to buy time for the healing surgery to begin. As the Supreme Court reversed Roe v. Wade, in 2023, California lawmakers pushed to make the state a more accessible place for people to visit for abortion. And they approved two bills intended to protect California patients and physicians for seeking and providing care in states 
where abortion is criminalized. I don't even know what that means. I don't really understand what that means, but that's what the article says, that the bills are intended to to protect California patients and physicians for seeking and providing care in states where abortion is criminalized. SB 345 would shield providers who prescribe an abortion or gender-affirming care in other states from legal action. So it sounds to me like they're trying to superimpose a bill that would give the the law violator in a state to where abortion is illegal some sort of a, a force field of protection. Absurdity. But it also tells you the type of mind we're dealing with with the government of California. A side note, people don't realize this, that they passed a law and it is in full effect that if you leave the state of California, that you owe them income tax for 10 years. It's on a decreasing scale of 10% reduction per year. And it's real, folks. Someone I know who works in a government position says, well, I would like to try to see them impose it. But my friend, they're doing it. This is the type of mindset that you're dealing with here. SB 487 would prohibit insurers from penalizing a doctor who performs an abortion. Another bill aims to expand access to abortion by allowing more medical staff to perform the procedure. Did you just hear what I said? Did you just hear what I said? Another bill aims to expand access to abortion by allowing more medical staff to perform the procedure. The government has already signed SB 385 by Senate leader Tony Atkins, Democrat of San Diego, which will allow physician assistants to receive training and perform first trimester abortions via vacuum aspiration. Look up what that means. It's horrific. So now they've made it legal to take people who aren't even medical doctors, who are a subset of that whole system, to give them the legal authority to perform abortions in the first trimester of pregnancy. You can just see it now. It's like the dental clinics rising up, who are a a, a work mill to where they have one dentist and a lot of uh, servants who do all the work, and they just walk through the building and police what's taking place. That's happening all over the United States. Well, evidently, that is what will come to California. That one physician who presides over an abortion clinic with a bunch of minions who are doing all the the murder. It follows a similar bill Atkins authored last year allowing nurse practitioners to perform abortions. Insanity, my friend. Seeking to be the one-stop shop to murder unborn children. All the while not seeing that they are placing themselves in the state they govern under the impending microscope of God's righteous judgment and wrath. And my friend, as a side note, I have family and friends who live in California. I am deeply burdened for the people that I know and love who live in that state. It is clear that something's coming if something doesn't change quickly. And it places all the people who live in California and the West Coast in harm's way. The list goes on and on of the legislative avalanche of doom the lawmakers are raining down on the citizens of California who, if the voting system is honest in California, are the ones who put these people into power. So at the end of the day, all Californians are responsible and liable for these hideous actions. There's no other way to look at it, my friend. The only alternative is to say, well, but the elections are not honest. There are a lot more people who don't feel that way than do. Well, I would say to that garbage Uh, The state has completely been turned over to the devil in regards to their actions. You have to say that if it was not reflective of the people whom they govern, something would change. A state riddled with increasing overdose deaths from fentanyl, and they can't agree on stiffer penalties to stop it. 
The swarm of legislations that continue to pour forth stripping parental rights of regarding the care and parenting of their children is at dystopic levels. I don't have time or the interest to list all of the disastrous laws. If you care, you will take time to come to the knowledge of the truth about the collapse of the most populated state in our nation. We are hemorrhaging, and the question is, will God provide a tourniquet to allow life salvation before we bleed to death? Think about this. Washington State, Oregon, and California are all in free fall culturally, ethically, and morally. What we are seeing is anarchy and perversion legalized. If you want to inject a minor child with irreversible hormone therapy to transition them, that's okay. If you're a parent who is against it, you are an abuser, a bigot, and a hate monger. One question. Where is the organized church in all of this? Where is the pastor who will stand up, speak out, organize a response, and seek to apply the tourniquet to reverse the hemorrhaging? There may be a couple of pastors. I can think of a couple, but where is the church of Jesus Christ in all of this? Evaporated, gone, non-existent, culturally irrelevant, and dead on arrival. No impact on the collapsing culture. My friend, you would have to say on the surface that the church of Jesus Christ is apostate. Is it the great apostasy, the great falling away that the Bible speaks of with the rise of Antichrist to power? I can't make that decision. But I'm telling you, by all practical purposes, we have the apostate church. It's impotent. It's non-existent in the culture. And so God is left with only a few options to exercise to apply the tourniquet. There could be a voice that arises that proclaims a message like Jonah did to wicked, murderous Nineveh. As wicked as Nineveh was when they heard the message pronounced, the message of doom at the hands of an angry God, they did the most unexpected thing. They repented in total. The whole city, to the point of even covering their animals with sackcloth and ashes, the entire culture showed true repentance of their wickedness with the result that God forgave them and removed the impending doom. The second option that God has that I see to deploy to stop the hemorrhaging is some natural occurrence of catastrophic biblical proportions. My friend, this is not ideal. It's terrible. But what does this look like? My friend, it could be a discharge of the Cascadia fault line at the same time as the discharge of the San Andreas fault line. The Cascadia fault line, look it up, study it. You need to know about it. The officials of the West Coast are talking about it uh, viciously, trying to get the people ready, trying to get the people to come alive to the fact that this threat is very real and it's waiting to happen. It's 500 years overdue, and when it happens, they're projecting that a tsunami the size of 30 to 40 feet is coming inland to the shores of the West Coast. Study it. Think about it. It's real. But the two meet at the Cape of Mendocino area in Northern California, where they've been having recent earthquakes at the size of about 5.0. It's not gathering a lot of news because the fault line ends there. But the city that's that's been under the seismic activity is at the juncture where the two fault lines actually meet. We are already in a cultural revolution bent on the total removal of all vestiges of the Judeo-Christian belief structure based on the Christian Bible. Revival could break out under the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God that could unwind all the mayhem that has been thrust upon us. At this point, revival, apart from some natural catastrophic occurrence, is unlikely. One thing is for certain, if a tourniquet is not applied soon, America will die. I can take this hard statement a step further. 
the elite, by their own clamor to achieve colonization of the human race on some other planet, have already come to the conclusion that life as we know it on this planet is unsustainable, and they're looking to create an Earth 2.0. My friend, for those of us who have the mind of the Spirit on these things, we know the desire to leave this planet will not come to pass, at least not in the way the secular humanist sees it. We need to pray, like never before, that God will give us the reprieve, that He will come to our rescue and do something so strong and powerful that He opens the door for healing surgery to begin here in our country and for that to spread to the rest of the globe. We need a tourniquet of God. The alternative is the rise of Antichrist to power and the end of the age. God's promises are eternally true, and if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, your future in heaven is secure and release from this fallen world of sadness is guaranteed. So my words today to you should not be disturbing if, in fact, you know Jesus. This is still my Father's world, and we should love it, care for the people Jesus died for, and seek to do all we can as individuals to cry out for mercy and revival from Almighty God. I woke up at 5 o'clock this morning and started writing this podcast. As I took a break from writing this episode, I jumped into the shower to get ready for the day. I saw that Eric Metaxas's show on TBN had uploaded a new episode to YouTube with special guest Jonathan Kahn. The title of the episode is Jonathan Kahn, America's Chilling, and that's in all caps, Biblical Parallels and Wake Up Call to Revival. Eric Metaxas on TBN. I'll have a link to the show in the show notes. I connected my iPad to my bathroom Bluetooth speaker and had the episode playing while I was showering. Eric and Jonathan are two prophetic voices to the Church of Jesus Christ. They are talking about the same thing that I am addressing in this podcast episode. America is in the balance, and the judgment of God is hanging over our heads. We must see the revival of the church and salvation of the lost, or our nation is finished. Khan did a great job of affirming that, come what may, God is still the one who is in control of all that is happening. My friend, it's not too late until it's too late. My friend, we need to pray, intercede for our fallen nation, and we need to correct those who are saying our nation is going to fall. My friend, by all accounts, our nation has fallen. We need to ask God, what is my part in the redemption of the people that he loves? What does that look like? And then we need to put feet to our prayers. We need to be doers of the word and not merely hearers only. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace. Peace.